I think we're going to the bathroom. See, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think we're going to see Zlat take a whiz. Now you got me turning on the oven. Ah, boo! Oh, I like your nice vaulted ceilings there. Thank you. They're very tall. Show me your penis. Snap the Cooper. Looking down the field. He's got a man. Caught it. He's free. Phil Y'all Johnson at the 10. At the 5. Touchdown. 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 There are no flags. Touchdown pass on the final snap of the game. Jacksonville State has won it. Welcome, fellas and gentlewomen, to our Florida Gator subreddit podcast. This is Tofri Gator. I am joined by Zlatan Diego and Zeus Apollo. Hello, gentlemen. Go. I got top billing last week. I deserve a raise. <laughs> <laughs> I intentionally made a mental note to switch it up. <laughs> um, we get 35% bonus. Where were you on 9-11? when you got the news about the Knolls losing to Jacksonville state. I will always, always remember this and I will, it will never leave my mind. I'll never forget. I was uh, driving home from Oxford, Mississippi, coming back late at night from a football game. I was, uh, you know, keeping up with the score. Saw they were, they, they being uh, Jacksonville state down 10 fourth quarter. And I thought, okay, well, you know, they put up a showing, they did all right. And then after a little bit, Turned it on and saw they were within a score. Man, it was incredible. What a moment. What a great moment for everybody. Absolutely. I, like much of the country, I'm sure was dead asleep by the time that that game wrapped up. Uh, I I knew something big had happened when I opened up the Discord, and I had 800-plus missed messages <laughs> since 1 a.m. Not <laughs> since I went to bed at, like, midnight. <laughs> since 1 a.m., 800-plus missed messages. And, and, well, probably about 150 of those were me just posting different variations of the video. You know, some with the yeah. theme song. <laughs> yeah, I was just... Dance. We need a coffin dance video made, too. I was just chilling on the couch. I had it on in the background, and... Uh, like I was just halfway paying attention and I was actually like, I actually looked up for that play and it took a minute for my brain to like buffer the information that I was seeing. Incredible. Like, I Incredible. mean, he was all the way in the end zone before I had like any type of reaction. Like, Oh my God, this is real. There's no flags. <laughs> this is incredible. <laughs> it was, that, it's literally like a top 10 happiest moment of my life. Um, which I don't know, maybe that's sad. Not just your sports life, but your actual life. Yes. Like actual life. It's, um, yeah, it's it's everything that I want. You know, who's out, who else has that as one of their top happiest moments? The girl who got proposed to by a Florida state player (laughs) (laughs) while their team lost in the background. (sighs) Wait, I just Uh, thought that he proposed on September 11th. That's a little, is that weird? Or is that, he proposed on nine 11. Was, all weird. was it past midnight at that point? Maybe maybe he was waiting until after midnight if, if it was Eastern time. For what it's worth, it was past midnight. That said, I do think these kids are of an age where they were not maybe born for 9-11. And I yeah. said that out loud with a with a group chat of 20 plus year olds. So I hope I didn't just you know age you in an extra five years and put you into your 30s. I've come to terms with it. I know what it is. <laughs> I'm staring around because I'm definitely not in my 30s yet. 
<laughs> if I age you five years, you would be. But anyways, yes. Yeah, so that was a mess between the the proposal, the fact that they lost to an FCS team and not a particularly good one, uh, the the memeable louder sign with the with the cheerleaders just being like, oh, giving that Shaq during the Hot Ones interview, oh, face. Oh my God, there is. Part of me, like, I, I feel a little bad for the the guy and the cheerleader because, I mean, it is a happy moment for them. I'm sure he, like, he planned it out well in advance. He probably – they probably had family there and, like, pictures planned and stuff. And, it, like, yeah. who knows? I don't know when the next opportunity is. Like, I'm sure there was meaning behind it. But, man, you got caught at the wrong moment. And there's just, like, this great photograph of it. And, then again, the Jacksonville State people in the background all celebrating. Yeah. It's, uh, oh, my goodness. It's just custom made for you to be shit on by reporters and rivals. Um it seems like that marriage is doomed to failure. I mean, like, <laughs> if that's how you're starting things off, like, it's definitely not going to be a marriage where they like they struggle through issues and then work it out later, like like a typical marriage or anything. <laughs> like, it is going to go up in flames, or it'll be the most perfect, amazing marriage ever. And I don't think there's an in between for this. Sure, absolutely, not. it has to be. Yeah, it's rough. It's rough, but um, wow, you know, it's not rough. Was uh, how I was feeling that entire night. I think. I'd planned on going to bed right away too. And I just stayed on just reading tweet after tweet, throwing up memes. It was a great time. Yeah. Uh, great and did you, could you, any of you, either of you imagine th- like before this season happened that you'd be happier watching that game than any moment under Taggart, like that game topped everything Taggart did. Right. Like at least for a single moment, is there any, I don't at know if there's any particular moment that comes close from FSC at, football. Yeah. I, I'm thinking about it. Uh, I mean, like I reveled in Willie's tenure because it was just a slow, continuous burn of bad, yeah. and that was really nice. But absolutely, I think in a single moment, there was n- there was no single order of magnitude larger than that exact second where the with a busted coverage and number ten just giving up on the play, walking yeah, them walking into the end zone. All these guys, yeah. Everything it, it shows it shows how epic the moment was that it caused you to call Willie Taggart's uh, Willie Taggart's tenure a slow burn. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, that was flamed out so fast. All but, beautiful I mean, year and a half of it. It just, I mean, it just goes to show how epic this moment really was for um, for all fans. Truly, outside of a uh, few, the select few, the Taggart tenure was like a slow morphine drip. And this is like a full <laughs> syringe of fentanyl, just like straight into the jugular. <laughs> oh, Lord. I saw God, gentlemen. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good time. I don't even remember anything else that happened this weekend, to be honest. I mean, outside of our game, I'm trying to think like. Ohio State couple, lost. Like, I mean, Tennessee was, lost. And that was nice. But yeah, come on. It was a good it was a good week in general, like already to that point. I made a comment prior to that about uh, getting some blue balls because there were a lot of teams that were just on the verge of losing. Texas A&M was really close to dropping it. I'm blanking on a couple others. Miami, Miami was yeah. right there on the border. Uh, Notre Dame. It would, would have been fun to see Notre Dame lose yeah. if only to make fun of FSU. But I, I didn't imagine that I'd have this direct way of making fun of them. I thought I was going to have to go the indirect route. This is way better. Yeah, we'd already had the revelation earlier in the day that Notre Dame is probably bad and that like, okay, there's, there's a new rule for college football where um, if Notre Dame plays in the Sunday Labor Day opening game, they and whoever they play against are secretly really bad. 
Is that true? <laughs> because it was it was this, uh, the same thing the year that they played Texas, where it was like this amazing <laughs> game, and we're like, oh my god, these teams are f- amazing, and number two went to number overtime, three, and yeah, and then they were just both complete mm-hmm. ass. Yeah, I, honestly, I think you could probably say the same about any Notre Dame game. Truly, at the beginning of the year, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, more often than not, you'll be right. I feel maybe it's just me. I, I don't know. We, we watched that game. I think all of us watched that Notre Dame Florida State game and we saw how bad they were there. It seemed pretty apparent at the time, but it's nice to get it to show out when an FCS team comes in and beats you at home. I mean, this is better than Clemson, like beating them 60 to nothing or whatever the hell it was at home. And they had like the teacher with his shirt off. Like, yeah. You know, the professor just reading the book, like again, great photo. That photo might, okay, I will say that photo might top the cheerleader proposal photo. Yeah, maybe more memeable, but still, yeah, yeah. This game is better. Yeah, it's Beautiful. you can you can meme that without it feeling like mean spirited. Like I'm not going to meme people. I like, do feel kind of mixed on it's the a other little. One here. It's I'm at an age now where that's getting a little bit like. Yeah, that does age us, doesn't it? Like, if you laugh about that, it makes you old. Should you really be making fun of these people doing, like, you know, living life? Oh, yeah, yeah. look at them being happy in life. That's great. Yeah, what a dumbass. (laughs) Fuck them. (laughs) I'm Uh, out here like Rust Cole, just like, they don't know what pain is. (laughs) If you get the opportunity, you should kill yourself. I mean, uh, have you seen the message, the FSC message boards talking about how this the program is ending? I think on the null cla- I listened to uh, the instant reaction nullcast. I did too. I've never heard this show before. At least I don't think I have. But there's just the one guy talking, and he was talking about the FSU program might be over if they lose one more. That was pretty much on par with some of the the worst losses that they had during the Taggart era. I listened to that show quite a bit during the Taggart era, and that. I don't know. It wasn't as satisfying as I would have hoped. Um, I'm was hoping the like, midweek episode will be better because it was that was basically on par with what they were doing a couple of years ago. Maybe just a little too stunned or something. I don't know. Or maybe they're just too used to failure. Yeah, they might. That might be it. it. Yeah. Like they've come to terms. Like if you brought this up after the Jimbo tenure, if you skipped out on Taggart and just jumped right to this game. Right. That could be something. And maybe maybe it'll be more enjoyable if they have a few recruits leave the class and. I don't know, just like Ooh, more in, more insult to injury, just to pile on a few things. We'll Chef work towards kid. it. Yeah, yeah. Work it's a work in progress. progress. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've talked about Florida State for ten minutes. Do we want to move on? I, my, my mouth is starting to get. Ugh. I need to get some mouthwash. <laughs> yeah, okay. Sure. I don't know. I could. I could go all day. But, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we, we um, okay. Uh, so our game against USF. Um. I should have pulled up the box score. Uh, We had 666 yards of offense, which was our most since, what was it, like 2006 or something like that? Something with Tebow. 2008. I think it it ranked in top five, potentially all time, if not top five within like a significant, like meaningful time period or something like that. Yeah. Um, And yet, eh. Yeah, it um, the game was never in question. I mean, this felt like this was an ass kicking from the jump. Um, at no point, like against FAU last week, there was that brief moment in the third quarter where Emory almost threw that pick six, where I was like, okay, this could be 
a disaster in the making. It could be. Um, but this never had that feeling. Like, this thing no. was over. Uh, yeah. What was it? 35 to 3 at halftime. It kind of um, goes to show I, how bad USF really is, too. I, I truly yeah. think they're one of the worst teams in the country. And they looked like a completely different team when they put that other quarterback in in the second half. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, they did. Like they, it, it might have helped them that they that second quarterback was playing our third to fourth to walk on roles in the defense, but yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I think we were uh, trying out a few different things at linebacker too, just because of uh, that, and we did it on off- the offensive line. I think Ventro Miller got hurt, and he he's probably out for at least a few weeks. Um, mm-hmm. And then Delance may or may not have gotten hurt. I'm still not quite sure. Uh, he he got pulled after allowing a really bad QB rush, like mm-hmm. a, it was a pretty heavy pressure that it was an Emory or AR. I don't remember something, but either one of them dodged it pretty easily. And I don't think, I think after that he got pulled pretty like right away. And I think he came back later, but yeah, I'll say I, I, I wrote it down as an injury in, in the pre note in the pre-show write up, which we definitely have every week um, that it was an injury, but admittedly I just, took that straight off the discord because I saw somebody else said that um, and coupled that with the fact that Delance, there was a picture of him on the bench while everybody else was lined up to sing the, uh, 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 sing the fight song. Uh, yeah, I, Delance, you know, after six years, you'd think that that means he's kind of a team player, which makes me think that he's probably injured. Yeah. There it's was something. It's either that or it's the biggest pout fest in the world. Yeah, there was something earlier in the game where somebody had said he was on crutches or was like being helped off the sideline or something like that. So I do think he was hurt. Um, so I but don't know. It was nice seeing the uh, the offensive line too because we mixed it up early and often, mm-hmm. and it still seemed to work. And I mean, again, USF very very bad, but I, I, we were we played some bad teams last year and we couldn't do it with the offensive line. So there's clearly some improvement there. We don't know how much yet. We'll get to find out next week. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, spoiler alert, we do have a big game coming up that we'll be talking what? about later. I don't want to give give away who it is yet, but keep listening and you'll find out soon. But yeah, it was, ni- it was nice to mix it up, get Tarkin in there and then a couple other guys that are young and, you know, just kind of exciting to watch. Um, okay, so, so uh, thoughts ahead. on the quarterback situation at this point? It's not a situation to me. It's a clear clear-cut thing to me I, I don't know anybody who watches it like all the announcers who watch it uh, any random person who's watching the game it's pretty clear who the better quarterback is so i yeah. mean there's i'm sure there are reasons uh related to maybe just development team bonding uh, certain leadership aspects things like that but when it comes to on-field play we have our answer we wanted to see another game just to make sure it wasn't a fluke the first game we saw it it was even better he had and by he, I'm talking about Anthony Richardson. Who? Seven plays for t- <laughs> seven plays, 267 yards, three touchdowns. Literally every time he touched the ball, like he was just right there, ready to. I mean, he was just unstoppable, unstoppable. Yeah. And when's the last time we had that? Even against, I mean, against a bad team, even it, it doesn't matter. Like against walk-ons or whatever, we just we haven't had that in years at the quarterback yeah. position. I, I love Trask, I do, but he wasn't able to do that. Just unstopped no matter what he did, it was right. Gentlemen, I, I will I will bear the heavy cross. As the as the sole member of this podcast who maintained his uh Emory Jones stance from his from the pre draft, I will draft the narrative as to why Emory should 
still be the starter. <laughs> um, and, and I will say that neither of us is forcing a gun to his head, although it does look like he has a gun shoved somewhere. I mean, it's looking I'm very painful. <laughs> um, so if if you want to speak, what's the word? What, how, how do I say this? Molinese, the, like the language of Mullen. The, the narrative is that Emery knows the offense better. What does that mean, though? Every time Anthony touches the ball, it okay. Oh wow. Oh, boy, that was <laughs> aggressive. Sorry. You know that widest kid you know sketch. You keep going. You keep going. This is important. We we need to have all sides. You're right. <laughs> oh, oh my God. So, the podcast visual medium, as everybody knows. Um, I uh, for for our rated PG thirteen podcast, I will not explain the the obscene <laughs> gestures I was just given. <laughs> Just look up the whitest kids you know sketch, uh, slow jerk. <laughs> Anyways, um, so knowing the offense better, what does that mean? Every time Anthony touches the ball, it is huge. It is magnificent. It is not at all what Dan Mullen was planning. Um, one could say it's better than what Dan Mullen's playing, and I would agree. Um, but if you have a wide open receiver who goes for 13 yards. I think Dan Mullen probably prefers that and sees if the wide open receiver could go for maybe 23, 30 yards by breaking a tackle rather than see Anthony Richardson 100% of the time get 50 yards by hurdling a man and running it all the way. We have seen that happen three times. I, uh, how do you say that that is not what you want to see? I clearly want to see that more, but if I am making a case for Emery Jones, he is more consistently able to hit that 13-yard pickup. Um, I was looking at the USF tape put out by Libgator um, on YouTube and just kind of playing the entire offense at double speed. And save that very first drive where we go three and out, and I'm not making any excuses for that. That kind of just sucks. We then kind of light it up, and there's a podcast that has a four-letter acronym. Is that what it is, an acronym when... When you have a mm-hmm. dot, 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 mm-hmm. uh, that goes by GNFP, whose name I will not say out loud. Um, and they were doing a film breakdown where they were saying that Emery's getting some pretty easy play designs to read. If that's what, all we were doing in that second half, when Emery was lighting it up, go for it. Um, but then he kind of dissolved in that second half. But if you look at the, the, the dissolving in the second half, it's like, two interceptions if we want to boil it down to two mistakes he's off the field forever i don't know i, I mean that, that's i it i yeah, so yeah i'll i'll i i i hear what you're saying with emory he plays the efficiency game which is Be what mullen wants he wants an efficient quarterback but richardson the pinnacle is so much higher um i will say for emory i charted his I charted until the 11:15 mark in the third quarter, which is when he threw his first interception and kind of fell apart. Um, to that point, I think I missed a couple plays, but it was something like eight positive plays to only two or three negative plays on pass plays. I mean, he was having a great game to that point in the game. Um, I think... What concerns me about Emery is not just that he doesn't have that ceiling that Richardson has. It's that when the wheels fall off, they fall all the way off. They do fall off hard, yeah. It's 
kind of reminds me of a Jeff Driscoll type of situation where it's like he just gets in his own head and there's no going back. Yeah. It, if if you want a positive spin on that, it's hopefully because that's only happening when Mullen's giving him the hard plays to do. Uh, is that luckily, happening? Luckily, we Probably won't not. give him any hard plays later on this year, though. So Yeah, of course. It's easy. Yeah, it's a cakewalk from here on out from week three yeah. specifically on. No, nothing to do. And if he's struggling with the hard plays in his, what is this, fourth year in the program? Third third year? Fourth, fourth year. year? Fourth year. Fourth year in the program? I don't know. I oh, mean, well. is it going to get better? It's kind of hard to not. say. But what if we just keep pitching him the plays that he does well? Yeah. I mean, well, and, and that's, I, I mean... Mullen said in the post-game press conference he anticipates both quarterbacks are going to play in every game this year. So, like, even if we slid over to a situation where Richardson is the starter, I think we're still going to see Emery. For whatever reason, he feels Mullen feels like there's something to be gained there. We'll see. I, I hope that's not the case. If, if I hope Richardson so too. Takes over, if Richardson takes over, I would hope that um, he could take over for real. So, yeah, it, it's just, I think at this point, the only excuse that I could hear that would even have me remotely on board with it. If, if it comes to Emery being the starter and being the, the guy is uh Mullen protecting AR's injury. Like if there's a hamstring injury where he's trying not to make it get worse, maybe rest that yeah. up. I think that's it at this point. I'm not even worried about the mental side of it anymore. Let him make his mistakes. You know what? He's going to make mistakes. Like he's not a perfect person. Well, he might be. So far, we have no evidence that he's not a perfect person, but I'm going to assume that there's something wrong there that he has some issues to overcome. So, yeah, he'll he'll throw some picks. He'll make some bad reads. He might miss some throws, um, maybe miss some easy ones. Who knows? But And, and devil's he, advocate, just because I, I, I do want to emphasize this, Emery did have some really nice throws in this game. He did, um, yeah. I mean, there did. was the one on the, the like bootleg rollout pass that he hit shorter like 30 yards downfield and shorter wasn't able to bring it in. But I mean, yeah. like he had some, the, the touchdown he dropped some yeah. yeah, it was, it was beautiful. It wasn't, and, it was not again, bad. Like, I think we can win with Emory. I'm not, I'm not of the mindset that like, he's going to make us lose games. He, right. Like we can win some games with him. I think he's a good quarterback. Like just, I mean, I think he can be, can be a good quarterback. It's just, where's that ceiling? I know that when AR steps on the field, that's the first time we've had a quarterback who's like just transcendental. Am I saying the right word? Transcendental. Isn't Euphoric. that the type of meditation? Isn't that like where you leave your body? Yeah. I, but Which transcendental he, he definitely does me, work there. He okay. puts me into a transcendental place. Okay. All right. Yeah. He can play. That works. That's exactly what I meant the whole time. <laughs> kind of like Sting. Just, I mean, like, we have a chance to have a legend, a quarterback. Why would you not put him in there? He's Go clearly ahead. ready. He's out there. He's making the plays. He's not having issues. Yeah, he'll have some issues with, uh, with Bama. Let him out there. I'm, I'm just throw him out there. And I'm going to be very frustrated if we don't. So, Yeah. Um, okay, so the rest of the team, there are other things that happen. There are. Um, what? Do we want to jump to linebacker for a second? Sure. That's like the big news right there. Uh, right. Ventral Miller out for probably an extended period of time. I said a short period. We're looking at multiple games, maybe longer. So what do we do what? there? What part of the game did he go out for? You know, actually, um, I went and rewatched it, trying to figure it out. I saw where he went out. It was like, I'm trying to remember the exact point. It was like uh, just a few minutes left in the first quarter, I want to say. Uh, he's out there for a drive. I think he's out there three plays in a row. And I saw absolutely nothing 
nothing at all that would indicate injury. Like he was out there, he's making hits. Like his last play, he tackles the guy, but it's not even a tackle that you could possibly get hurt on. So, I mean, it, and it looked like he was like hitting guys before that. So, I mean, I don't think he came into it with an injury. So I don't know what happened. Something happened off screen or Mm -hmm. it's just like his arm popped out of place when he made that tackle, like just out of like no contact kind of thing. I really don't know exactly. It's just, I wonder if he was, was he on special teams? After well, that, I went and looked at that too, and there was no real opportunity for that either, unless it was like special teams Austrian. later in the game. But he wasn't in on the next drive, and I didn't like watch yeah. deeply. But I watched like uh, an extra point and the kickoff, and there's just there's nothing. It was weird, but yeah, yeah, he's out for a period, so it looks like we'll have to. I think uh, Moon, Bernie, Diabate, and Hopper all had similar playing time, about thirty or forty snaps apiece, and I, I think will say we'll see that. I, I was pretty satisfied with with the middle linebacker play that I saw. Uh, I mean, Bernie definitely has his downsides, but I I don't remember anything so egregious by the by the linebacker spot. Granted, it's against USF, but I didn't see anything so egregious that like I was calling out, ah, damn it, Bernie slash Moon slash Diabate slash Hopper. Yeah, they. I mean, uh, there were a handful of runs up the middle from USF where they were able to break it for like 10 yards or whatever. And I went and watched those in slow motion a few times. Um, And there was nothing like egregious, you know, it wasn't like the middle linebacker was way out of position and getting dunked on. They just had good run blocking, had good play design. Um, So, yeah, I mean, there was nothing that I saw that made me think the biggest thing with losing Miller is you're losing a lot of experience and, the guy who knows how the defense is supposed to run. Um, yeah. The leader, the captain yeah. sort of. Yeah, that's, a, that's, a David that's the Reese biggest thing type. you're losing. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could argue that there might be an upgrade to be had as far as the actual physical skill set there going to a hopper or, you know, I don't know if we've seen yet exactly what those guys are capable of athletically. Um, I've never been as high on Miller as like a physical guy. Like there's those draft projections from the preseason where people were talking about him being like a second round pick or whatever. I've never personally seen that. He's always seemed to be kind of like a big, like downhill run stuffing type of linebacker to me. So I don't know. Um, But yeah, losing that experience is probably going to be an issue of some sort. The, uh, the trenches were really good, too. Um, I thought offensive line and defensive line both both really stepped it up. I know that was a really nice transition of mine. There was just a pause, so I just hopped in and went with it. Uh, Only segue. <laughs> yeah, you know. That's how we do it. Uh, I thought I thought this. Uh, okay, okay, I'll segue. So speaking of Miller in the front seven, I really was impressed with <laughs> the defensive line play in front of him. <laughs> that was my bad. I, I ended my thought, and then I had nowhere else to go, and so I just was hoping one of you guys would pick it up and run with it. So that's that's my bad. That was on me. Speaking of picking it up and running with it, the defensive line. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I Zach Carter is like. He is a uh, he's a problem. He's a that guy is, is that guy is a disruptor. I mean, he is causing issues for offensive lines. I think that besides Anthony Richardson, he's probably the guy I'm most excited to see square up against the Bama players. I'm really curious to see how he holds up against these elite 
offensive linemen that he'll be going against. I mean, yeah. they're pretty much everybody in the BAM offensive line is a first round pick eventually, right? So he'll go against some first rounder. Let's see how he does. But yeah, he's been probably our best defender this year. I guess you have an argument for Elam, but I've been more impressed with Carter just because he's up there making the plays. And honestly, he's playing, you know, you're playing kind of crappier teams that don't have great line depth or anything. So he's going to show out more as a more dominant force there too. Um, Yeah. I was thinking about this the other day. Like we have invested a lot of hope and excitement into what Dexter can develop into because he's like our first, the first five star we recruited in a long time. And, um, you know, like he's, he has that skill set to be like, I don't want to say like an Aaron Donald type, but like a big force in the middle of the defensive line. But like Carter is kind of already there. Like Carter is what we're hoping Dexter will develop into. Um, I mean, he's just like, it was like every third play. He was just, destroying their line um i think we had i think we've shown some improvement on third downs defensively um to this point in the year i don't know statistically if that yeah yeah it seemed better but i I think our third down issue has usually been against those decently semi-competent quarterbacks yeah i don't know if we've really played one yet i mean maybe perry was i don't know could you call him a decently semi-competent quarterback? He's experienced. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's played before. I mean, that's that's honestly that's been enough sometimes. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll get some real third down test. Well, I don't know if we will. I hope we get some real third down tests against Alabama. That should be. Oh damn it! I gave it away. I said the name. Is this your <laughs> microphone's out? How's oh, that? We're good. Cool. Hold on. Leave, okay, it all in. Hold on. Leave it all in. Leave it all in there? Okay, what I said was, ah, oh, damn it. You just c- copy and paste that in yeah, to where sounds I good. To, Okay, cool. Thank you. Um, uh, I'm going to go through my notes right now and see if I'm missing anything else. I mean, it's it's USF, so at the end of the day, right. uh, my eyes were pretty much on the quarterback play exclusively this game, and I was just kind of seeing who stuck out other words. I've got other game. notes, but there's nothing worth like. Um, Avery Helm kind of continues to be a little bit of a mixed bag it seems like yeah and from like from the talk from uh from insiders and from him and from just it really seems like he's still gonna get a number of chances moving forward so i do hope that he improves like they they really like him as a player like the staff likes him they like his abilities but i'm wondering is it is the issue that we don't have other options right now. Maybe I, I think blades hasn't been dressing out. Maybe he's not ready to go yet. Uh, maybe Marshall is still learning the playbook. So he's just completely out of his element in some cases. I'm just assuming I really don't know, but it seems like Helm is still going to get more opportunities and yeah, going up against uh, some of those Bama receivers. That should be interesting to see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. That's the word I would use. That's the word. Yeah, I mean, if you think about a Todd Grantham defense, it's aggressive up front to stop the run. It's soft in the back so that you prevent big explosive plays and then hoping that that star slash linebacker position kind of figures... I don't know how that part works because I'm not a schematic guy, but just kind of hoping that the middle of the field gets covered somehow through some combination of linebackers in that star position. But all of that kind of predicates itself on the wide receiver not just running straight past a kind of slow Avery Helm and then just a 
a name who a name that rhymes with uh, Plice Kungs doesn't just throw it over the top. No, I don't like that. (laughs) 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 Please, yes, and. Which we really did the better wrong there. I can't uh, in that. Some things are just not yes andable. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, just hoping that they don't get beat over the top. Uh, so we'll see what happens, I guess. Um, I could mm-hmm. see, I could easily see them just holding on for like a couple seconds and then waiting for Avery to be bit, to be beat, or just plinking and plunking down the middle all the way down the field because Bryce Young doesn't make mistakes. I mean, he's not as explosive as some of their other guys used to be, but like, he doesn't mess up. He's very chill. That's his whole thing. That gives me a note that I need to remember. Speaking of notes, I'll I'll use that. Here's a nice little segue right here. So I, I write down notes before this just because I'm pretty ADD and I'll lose things in my mind. I'll think of them during the day. So what I do is just during the day, I write down some random thoughts like as I have them just so I can bring it up later. Get and apparently milk. I'm getting a little too shorthandy for myself because... Okay, one of them makes sense. I had this idea, and I was going to bring it up at some point. I didn't know when, but I thought it'd be fun to bring up that we should play a game and and rank all the countries in Asia. I don't really have a reason. (laughs) Fucking what? I don't. (laughs) (laughs) What? There is a reason for this. I don't remember it though. I don't know where it came from. It was it, it wasn't really gator related, but I was just thinking like I don't know. It's, <laughs> that's a very like you got the extremes in Asia, like India and Japan, and then you have you have China and Russia. You get the whole Middle East. It it would just be a fun continent <laughs> continent to rank. So I I see that every single time I go to look at my notes, and I'm just like, what the fuck was I doing? And then of course the next note is uh, I, I'm sure that y'all have seen the Water Boy. Who I don't remember the coach, but there was a coach that was unintelligible. Basically, Ed Orgeron, but older. Yeah. He had like had in the straw out of his mouth, and yeah. and he had one quote at some point where he goes, "We live to play another day," but like just he couldn't hear it. And I wrote that down. Just we live to play another day from the Water Boy, and I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. I must have been high this morning. But anyways, those the, my notes are not very helpful today. Okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> the years are a little better. Fair enough. Um. All right, just a couple of other things I wanted to touch on. Um, I am ready to do a mea culpa. Um, So I had kind of put my eggs in the basket of Shorter being the receiver who was going to take a step forward this year. Um, I don't think that is the case. I had been working with the idea that a lot of the hype about Copeland was... You know, like every year we'll have the, oh, so-and-so is looking great in camp. He's looking great in spring practice. He's really turned around. And then, like, that person completely disappears. I was kind of rolling the dice on Cope being that guy this year. Um, But, frankly, he looks like a completely different player. I mean, he has really come into his own as a playmaker. Um, And Shorter has not, in my opinion, he... Drop that one pass, which it was, it would have been a tough catch, but, um, you know, he didn't bring in that, that catch. Um, there was one later on in the game where I noticed he whiffed really hard on a block and, uh, and it just kind of blew up the play. I think, uh, shorter and Grimes last year, both benefited from having one trash throwing them the ball, but two, they had 
the other two, Pitts and Tony, sort of taking away coverage. And yeah. uh, I mean, they both had, had some incredible catches, but there were perfect passes that sort of let them make these incredible catches. Um, yeah. He looks like an okay receiver, but like if you're the five-star number one ranked receiver in your mm-hmm. recruiting class, it's not really, you know, you've got to be able to bring in that catch 30 yards downfield, even if it's a tough catch. Yeah. yeah. It almost looks like he's regressed. And I don't think he has. It's just, I, I do think that it's, that it's uh, more of a case of just losing the guys from before. Yeah. I've been a little disappointed. I was hoping for more, but on the flip side, uh, was it uh, 2019 when we had Felipe Franks in there? Kyle Pitts didn't do shit up until Trask came in. So you get the right quarterback in there. Sometimes there's a good connection. Sometimes there's a good pass. They just better passer overall. So yeah, maybe when we give Anthony Richardson more than like six total throws, he'll have some chances to let Shorter make some plays too. Or yeah. he just won't ever throw to Shorter and we'll just run for 50 yards, which, hey, will be great, but mean doesn't mean anything for Shorter. I have zero issues with yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, that was one of my like big takeaways from this game is we are content to run the ball. If that is what they are giving us, we are perfectly happy just like running right up the middle if that's what they're given. It truly feels like we could be more balanced this year, a lot more balanced overall. Yeah. Um, that's nice. I mean, we can really take what they give us now. Whereas last year, you know, they put three in the box and <laughs> dropped everybody, and we still and threw we still took that. it. Mm-hmm. Yep, successfully, might I add. Yep, yeah, it worked out. All right. Any uh, any other thoughts on the game? Uh, there was a funny play that I gifted and posted of. Um, I think it was Travez Johnson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just like unnecessarily slapping the ball out of the USF receiver's <laughs> yeah. hand after a play. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Solid two seconds, maybe three seconds afterwards. Yeah. He got the ball and yeah, he just knocked it out. I'll show you. <laughs> you can't catch it on me. Yeah. Yes, I guess the guy I, had dropped it too, but yeah, that's nice. Uh, you said you like to see that in the defensive back. I do too. That's a good, yeah. good really mean spirited, like mm-hmm. fuck out of my face with that. Yeah. Shit. But like the annoying Nat mean spirited, not the, not the, I'm just going to like choke you out immediately. Like, the annoying one yeah it's not the like throw your shoe kind or anything like that well throw your shoe perhaps at a more opportune moment (laughs) yeah it's all all about timing like you're gonna take that personal foul you better not take it when the game is on the line if we're up big against like florida state or against lsu and marco wilson had thrown a shoe downfield yeah hell yeah totally different thing honestly playing florida state this year when we're up by 40 or 50 points i'm really okay with one of our players throwing a shoe just as all all goddamn good yeah, I'm yeah. okay with us throwing our own shoe if it if that's what it takes. Solidarity. <laughs> uh, all right. So are we we're good on USF talk? Yeah. No, because I know nope. it's coming next. No, I'm oh. ready for this. Let's do it. All right. Bama. How do you how do you meet how do you beat the Madden team that has all the settings turned up to ninety nine? You play the quarterback, you play uh Michael Vick two thousand four. That's how you beat that team. I I have a question. If you were Dan Mullen right now, would you eat the L, play Emery the entire game, keep Anthony safe, and just look like a complete idiot and not do well, open the playbook against Georgia, close it back up until the SEC championship, and then open it way the fuck back up to destroy uh, uh, whoever comes out first in the West, you know, probably Arkansas or something. I mean, there's there's a an argument for that. Like, there's there's like uh, 
when you're talking game theory and strategic moves and all that, maybe there is hey, hey now. Maybe there is an <laughs> argument for that. Like I, I think it would take actual game theory for that to be the, the right move there. But that said, it also seems like kind of a bitch move. And I'd rather not be a bitch than <laughs> focus on game theory. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I couldn't do that. I mean, I, I do understand the, and again, the, the injury thing and all that. And I understand not treating this game as like, oh, if we lose this, our season's fucked. I can get that. I, I can get not just like opening up everything, like throwing out all the trick plays and all that, going for it every fourth down, never punting, like that kind of thing. I, I can understand not doing that. But I mean, I'd like to win. It would be nice to at least be competitive to show that we're there. Uh, and not just there on the backs of three first round offensive picks or two and a quarterback, you know, there is an interesting aspect of um, like the game prep that has gone into this for both Florida and Bama. Um, I forget what podcast I was listening to. I listened to a lot of college football podcasts. Um, I think this might've been uh, Tom Fernelli on the cover three pod was talking about how um, in his press conference this week, uh, Saban was really pissed about how they had prepped for Mercer yeah. and um, that like once they were up big at halftime, they really didn't do much in the second half. And he was talking about that in the postgame press conference and that like that entire second half was just him practicing the things that they're bad at just to prove a point to his team. Like even against bad opponents, you have to be good at this stuff, um, which is scary. That's scary that he does that. Um, but like, and so, uh, friend of the show, Bud Davis, he ran some advanced stats that indicate that maybe this is going to be a closer matchup than a lot of people are thinking. And I thought, well, yeah, I mean, maybe, but like, can you really like take into account Bama's stats in the second half against Mercer? But to be fair, that's basically the same thing we did. We took the foot off the gas at halftime to some extent. And it seemed like the second half was us just practicing, practicing yeah. the things that we're bad at. So, I mean, I don't know. I guess that's reassuring that we're in a similar a similar place as Bama as far as game prep. I think it, I think that's exactly what happened. That is nice. Uh, you know, testing out different things, testing out different formations. And yeah, just trying all the new things. And uh, yeah, really treating it as a an extreme practice against actual people who are making an effort against you rather than just... yeah. A couple of random reps against your you know, against your buddies or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. the uh, The other part of this too, and and kind of going into that whole game theory thing is, if we lose this game, there is uh, if you're going to lose one game in the SEC, I guess I'm trying to think how to word this. It almost makes us more likely to make the SEC championship game in a way. Like if we if we focus more on beating Georgia than we do on beating Alabama. And I'm not saying it has to be one or the other, but losing this game almost has zero effect for us in terms of making the SEC championship game. I think that uh, beating Georgia, it's going to come down to that exclusively, whether we beat Alabama or not. It's basically just beating Georgia. And I think that we have a better chance of beating Alabama in a rematch after losing than we do of beating Alabama twice in the same year. It's exactly what happened last year when we lost to A&M. In, to, to start the year and then look forward to Georgia and oh, wheel routed them to death and then made it to the SEC championship. I, I mean, I think that's what I was saying earlier about do you 
not intentionally lose, but do you basically roll out your FAU USF game plan that you had? I just, I, I, just, I mean, I, I do want to say, like, I think that we still have similar odds of making the SEC championship game, whether we beat Memor or not. Like, we can still right. beat Georgia. I'm just saying that I'm, I'm a little, I would be more concerned going into a rematch against Saban after beating him. That's fair too. There is no chance in hell that we beat him in the same way twice. He angry. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that, I mean, there is, there is uh, that game theory argument, just hold AR back or, you know, just use them a little bit. And I just can't get behind that. I want him on the field all day, every day. I want to, uh, I want, I want to eat breakfast watching AR clips every single day. I want to, I want an AR backpack. <laughs> <laughs> AR lunchbox, take it to school. Which is which is different. Which is different from bringing an AR in your backpack to school. <laughs> to school, that's yeah. a very different thing. <laughs> which, if you're speaking metaphorically about the player, would actually be quite adorable if you Yoda him to school. <laughs> uh, now that I say that out loud, keep this in the podcast. Don't I don't know. I had a dream that I hung out with Anthony Richardson yesterday, and we were picking out like bed sheets for him to use in school and i was helping him around target and i don't know what that means but it means that you truly regret staying on the emory jones train is what it means that anthony richardson is the man of my dreams yeah yeah that's i'm jealous (laughs) literal yeah i I wish i would have had that he was only Uh, six foot in my dream i don't think i could comprehend people above the 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 height of six foot three like just mentally yeah it's a little much (laughs) Uh, okay. So we could, we could spend some time, uh, getting into what Bama's going to do, but I think that's sort of pointless. Um, I mean, we could talk a little bit about some of their players and all that, but at the end of the day, they're going to do Bama things. Like we saw last year, what they do, they'll do the exact same things. It was a bunch of five stars. They replaced them with five stars. So I guess, what do you, what do you want to see from the game in general? So one of their, I don't know if you would even call it a weak spot, but one of their spots where they have less experience and less talent from last year is on the offensive line, from what I understand. So I want to see us be able to get home with a four-man rush at least some of the time. We've done that against lesser opponents. I think that's something that we can do with this defensive line. It's, it's um, you know, we've really built the line for that. We brought in three grad transfers at defensive tackle. Like that is insane, by the way, in the era of limiting yourself to 25 counters each year. And with how many, I mean, you have to bring in D tackles every year as freshmen. We save three different spots to take three experienced defensive tackles. All two from the SEC. Am I mm-hmm. two from Auburn? Yeah. yeah two, two from, from Auburn. Auburn. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those guys, they have one year and that's it. I th- I, maybe one of them has an extra year. I'm not sure. I, COVID throws me off. I never really keep up with that, but let's assume they have one year. And we brought him in for this. So if uh, if this D line cannot hold up against this somewhat weekend Alabama offensive line, it's uh, it's hard to imagine that we'll be able to. It's going to be harder. It's going to be hard to get there ever mm-hmm. without doing something insane and drastic. So yeah, I'd like to see I, it. See how those guys I, hold up over the game, not just uh, first quarter, but third and fourth quarter too. I would like to see us effectively throw the ball which i know we've been saying but alabama's whole deal on defense and they're like public about this is take away what they want to do which means they are obviously going to try to take away our run because that is clearly what we want to do we want to run the ball with our huge stable of running backs we want to run the ball with our two 
I would say I would say two elite running uh, running quarterbacks. I, I would call Emery like really high up there in terms of running ability. So they're going to force us to throw. They're going to force us to throw middle and long balls. And I don't care where what that comes in the form of. I think this is Emery's real test because I mean Emery is the starter, as they said for Alabama. Um, I think this is Emery's real test of can he throw the ball effectively. Um, and I don't really care how that happens. I, I mean, it'd be really cool if we see him play the same playbook that we saw him play in that second and first quarter. That, that I guess you could call that the first half um, against USF. And maybe Dan Allen just select all deletes, the part of the playbook that he was struggling with. And we see him in a losing effort effectively throw the ball eight yards at a time down the field until a pick happens. You know, I'm um, never, I'm never one to harp on a point. So I'll start right now. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but you have, um, I don't know if any of you have taken like a, like a test to get into grad school or for, for any sort of um, after grad, any sort of like major test like that. They have practices, even the SAT, I guess you have mm-hmm. practices, practice exams and equating this whole, this whole, and I'm not saying you're doing anything wrong here. I, I get, I get it, but don't hurt my feelings. Expecting Emory to come out after facing the test of FAU and USF, and in my mind, somewhat failing passing the ball is like, you know, I'm going to take these practice tests. I'm going to get 34, like 30, 40 percent on them, and expecting to walk into the test like the week after, be like, oh yeah, I got this, no problem. Like this is this is my test. I'm going to own this shit now. Right, I don't real thing. It's just hard for me to picture it happening, and maybe there's a chance. I don't. Yeah, I don't want him to see him like Kyle Trask it up. I want to see him throw those uh, short passes, bubble screens. I want him to, to like just not constantly throw picks. Basically, that is my that is my expectation. Or I hope, do think I we'll have say. we'll have some protected throwing too. We didn't do uh, much of a screen game this last USF mm-hmm. game. I think that we're going to have some. Uh, somewhat safe pass plays and try and design them in a way to gain yardage, to steal yardage almost, um, make it a and really straight easy up, pass. And straight up, I'm okay it. with that. Yep. Yeah, oh, it's fine. I'm fine nickel and diming them. And I, I think that's a very Mullen thing to do, especially against this team. And because he's going to want to, uh, he's going to want to run clock with the rushing quarterbacks. Right. But a part of that would be the short, easy passes because that runs clock really effectively too. Right. So, so knowing that they are going to do everything in their power to stop the run, I want to see us pass a little bit more. That's on offense. On defense, I would like us to not be beat over the top. Um, it is it is a part of Grantham's system that they are going to dink and dunk on us for five yards at a time and third and Grantham it, just based on how he likes to play his, his coverage in the back seven, or the DBs, or however you want to refer to that kind of grouping. Uh if that happens, you know, I'm thinking Grantham's gone after this year. I just don't want to see every helm be beat over the top because he gets run past. Yeah. And, and you, I mean, that's a great point, too. Again, this game is going to be about trying to run clock quickly. I mean, I hate to say that, but we're not, we're not going to jump out to this huge lead like we did against Georgia last year or that we're going to do against Georgia this year. Um, we need to run that clock down. This Bama team, you don't want to get in the big shootout with them. So. Mm-mm. You know, let almost. I'm not saying let them score, but that bend don't break is. This is the game to do it. Let them get to third down, get the third down conversion. But you know, in the process, if you get like a 16 play drive that kills 10 minutes of clock, that's big. This game is such an interesting measuring stick because, like, it feels very rare 
that by week three, you know definitively who the best team in the country is for sure. Like usually at this point, there's still some idea that, oh, well, maybe it's Clemson or maybe it's Ohio State. I mean, this year it's Bama by like a fucking country mile. They are the best team in the country. And until we beat them, I think this game is technically winnable. Um, it's just hard to see us getting there because it would require playing such a perfect game against this team at this point in the year when it's hard for me to say that that is what this team, the skater team is prepared to do. Um, because like, like you said, Zeus, I mean, yeah, take away the, take away the deep pass and prevent them from burning us deep. But then even, you know, if we do death by a thousand cuts, I mean, what's, what's the plan there? Limit them to 42 points. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, it's tough. That's why you got That's why you got to kill that clock and hope that you get like a couple turnovers or something. Just yeah. have, have some bounces go your way. Unlike last year where the bounce went the opposite direction. God, that pisses me off still. That trading play. Uh, yeah, that's brutal. Do that against them. Lay out Mechie. Target him. Maybe don't oh. target him. Be bad. <laughs> but no. I didn't say that. Yeah, forget that. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't I don't know if I have any more specifics than than what we have outlined. Is it, is it so time far. for some predictions? I suppose. Yeah, I so. Um What's the line at? Fifteen wow. and a half. Opened at fifteen somewhere, according to Vegas Insider. Fifteen and a half consensus across the board. Um over under of fifty eight or fifty eight and a half. I don't know what the math on that works out to. What is that predicted score? Sixty Five to no, I can't be right. I'm That's doing definitely wrong. not that. Seventy-three to twelve. Wait, hold on. I'm going the wrong what? way. <laughs> the, it has to total to fifty-eight. You said oh, fifty-eight. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he said. Really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's like like thirty-five, thirty-six to twenty-two, something like that. Yeah, That's not, it's not the right like math, but it's somewhere in that range. Somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. So Vegas mm-hmm. thinks this is. Yeah, like a 35. Yeah. Guys, should we just do the math real quick? We keep like putting up half answers. I just 30, did the math. 37 to 21. 37 to 21. Something like that. Yeah. I think it's uh, 57 to 32 or uh, hey, something like that. You're Listen, I don't even have a college education. Get off my back. <laughs> hey, it's, hey. It's, it's not, this is not on me, y'all. <laughs> hey. I don't know Look, things. I don't know cool. what you think I do, I but math is not one of those things. <laughs> I, I don't know where this misconception that we do math is. It's 30, 37 to 21, I think. X minus X This is ridiculous. This is a great pod right now. <laughs> Anyways, I'm, all this in. I'm ready to make my prediction. Uh, before, before the season, we all went through all the games. We picked who we thought we were going to beat. We picked who we thought we were going to lose to. I think each of us had 10 and 2 as the final record. All of us had us losing one game to the East and one game to the West. Now, I think the two of you took Bama and Georgia as those teams to beat us. And I was a little bit different. I took LSU and Missouri. I'm ready to make a switch, though. I think we beat LSU and we lose to Bama. I just can't have us. I I just, after what I've seen so far, Bama's rolling. You know, realization hits. Uh, You get excited towards the season, but then it hits and you're like, okay, now I'm watching the games. Like our team, I don't see us winning this, uh, but I think it'll be close. 
because I do think we kill clock. So yeah, I'm going to go 34 to uh, let's go 34, 24 Bama. I am busting out my tinfoil hat. I'm going to say that Dan Mullen does not open the playbook. He just does USF plus FAU game plan plus a little bit, plus some of that protective coverage, uh, protected pass coverage. Um, and I think we lose this pretty definitively. I think Bama wins the spread. I think I think I, I take Bama in the spread there. Um, Do you really see that though, Dan Mullen? Like with how competitive he is, just throwing this game. Yeah, Oklahoma. Yeah, that's Oklahoma. It's a bowl game. It's a bowl game where all the starters are out. This is this is an SEC West game that it doesn't change our outcome of getting to the SEC championship. It's still the regular season though. The bowl game, the starters sit, the players don't try. I mean, it's not like the coaching staff didn't like call plays or anything like that. Give me 21. Hold on. If we score 21 points and they beat a 14 point, 15 point cover, they're getting 36. Give me 21 to 42. Okay. 42-21. I went back on Winsipedia to look at the history of Mississippi State against Bama during Mullen's time there. I was trying to help. I was I was hoping it was going to be those things where I was going to like feel better and be like, oh well. I mean, he played them close most years, and you know, usually it was like a like that last year where he almost beat them at home. No, no. I mean, they got their their. I mean, it was bad. It was like fifty to three some years. It was real bad. Um, so that didn't make me feel better. Uh, I don't know if that's really relevant here, but. Yeah, I just it's this is difficult for me to see a victory um, right now based on what I've seen from the Gators and from what we're doing at quarterback in particular. Um, I would I, I'm in the same neighborhood, Zeus. I think that this is a close game through three quarters, close-ish. You know, they do the Bama thing where we're at arm's length and then they add a score or two late to make it look a little bit more lopsided. But yeah, I would go like. I would go like 38-21. I can't believe I just picked Todd Grantham to only hold Bama to 34 points. Mm-mm-mm. Instant regret right there. I got to stick to it. In. Mm-hmm. Locked we, in. I locked really, in my Emory pick last week. Did we really say like what we expect the quarterback situation to look like for Florida in this game? No, we did not. Uh, I think we said what we desired. I think it's pretty clear what we all desire. I expect to see a lot of Emory. I expect to see minimal AR, probably similar splits to what we've seen so far. Uh, and um, yeah. unless uh, just, unless Emory goes out and throws like three picks in the first half, I just I don't see it happening until a game or two after that. The switch. Yeah, not knowing what AR's hamstring looks like, um, assuming that it's fine and that he's fine by game game day, I assume exactly the same kind of split as we saw against FAU and USF. Um, if he is hurt even a little bit, I expect that to shave off a proportional number of drives. And maybe we start seeing him in individual packages, like a not not so much a, a drive package, more so a, uh, a set of downs package. Um, a- again, all proportional to how Uh, messed up his hamstring is or isn't which from what i've heard doesn't i'm knocking on all the wood i have all the wood i have um doesn't seem too bad 
I think I, I would I would guess that it's an all or nothing thing. Like if he's if he's like at eighty percent health and we're worried about injuring further, I think that they just don't play him. Um, I don't see why. Like if you're worried about him getting hurt worse, that you just play him a few plays rather than ten plays. It's Alabama, so they're going to get the hit on him. Mm. But I could see it. It's just I'm hoping I'm hoping to see him. Yeah, I well I think we'll know. Like by the third drive, I, I think we're going to see the same thing where third drive is Richardson's unless he's too hurt to play. And I, I agree with the take that I've seen quite a bit of that. Like if it's questionable, his hamstring, he should probably just sit because it's he's going to be a key play for player for us later in the year in games that are more winnable than this. Which Actually, that's, yeah. I, I understand that that sounds like some like defeatist like bullshit thinking, but like, I mean, you've got to you've got to look at the situation for what it is. And we I need him to beat Georgia in my mind. So uh, beating Georgia is far more important than beating Alabama, at least at this point in the year. Now beating yep. Alabama and Atlanta, different story. Yep. All right. Indeed. Is that the Bama game? I think that's I think the so. Bama game. All right, that's enough. We'll uh, we'll have a lot of thoughts on it afterwards, and, and it could be uh, extreme jubilation or the opposite. We'll see. Ubilation. Ubilation. The but Clay Helton got fired. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Somewhat breaking uh, news. This is a breaking news pod. Shut down. Fullcast has uh, like a metric where like how Clay Helton is somebody based on how little you actually know what they look like. I feel like USC managed to continue that trend and fire him at like the most in, inauspicious time. Is that right? Inauspicious? The least noticeable time. Inauspicious. I don't know. You know, you know what the issue is? We're, we're trying to use all these big words because we read that tweet by Edgar earlier today. The, yeah. uh, whatever that article is. Did you see that? I did not. Okay. I have to, I have to pull this out. This is very important. It is UF's Emory Jones, Anthony Richardson, copacetic, Despite consternation of Gators fans over QB plan. That's the headline. <laughs> what the fuck? I think he missed a few words in here too. <laughs> I'm not, I really don't know the word copacetic is, but yeah, so we're, we're, uh, we're all pulling out the thesaurus for the, all the big words for the Gator predictions this week. Yeah. Yeah. Much like Edgar, I just looked it up and I totally fucked up the uses, the use of the word inauspicious. Uh, but yeah, I think they fired Clay Helton at a part of the year that like, just nobody's going to fucking know, like we're going to get to the end of the year and they're going to be like, wait, when they do that. Oh, okay. Sure. I guess. Like I kind of, him last year or the year before it's beyond me. I don't know what sort of, uh, blackmail the dude has on the team. I don't know what, his contract is like, cause they keep that secret and quiet, but damn, that's brutal. Like that, that guy should have been gone. Maybe yeah. they had plans of getting urban last year and that fell through. I don't know, but anybody but Jags. Him. Yeah. We might see a little, uh, the, the Saban story happen with urban and maybe it'll happen a year soon. I think Saban lasted two years in Miami, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah. you know, maybe see a year of urban at the Jaguars and then he'll see that USC job come. Maybe it's just, you know, best for everybody. Or maybe Urban turns it around and becomes the greatest NFL coach of all time. <laughs> I don't know. Getting blown out by the Texans in week one is... <laughs> <laughs> I think what happened is uh, Urban realized that game didn't matter that much. So he was deciding to close off the playbook a little bit. You know, keep hey. safe. <laughs> hey. Hey. <laughs> Some game theory. Hey. 
Oh, lordy. Uh, and then the, the other thing, if we're just kind of going to the grab bag of uh, news topics, uh, LSU player out for a year because they signed up for the wrong class. Okay, there's got to be more to this story. It is ridiculous. Yeah, it it sounds so fake. Like, I'm sure that, that that played a piece in this somehow. Like, there was a wrong class in some capacity, but I feel like, was it Orgeron who said that? There's got to be a real liberal use of the wrong class here. There's something going on there. Yeah, he signed up for the wrong class, as in he didn't sign up for the whatever it was, UNC. Was it a race studies class yeah, or something the, like the, that? The freebie yeah. easy day right there that lets yeah. the, the players have the GPA to play. Yeah. Um, on the USC thing, I just I want to speak this into existence. Um, this has been the theory I've been working with for a while. James Franklin from Penn State to USC. Mark Stoops from Kentucky to Penn State. Please, I don't want any more like worrying about Kentucky. I'm tired of being stressed about playing Kentucky. I want this Mark Stoops out really of Washington. Nice. Yeah, this is best for everybody, I think. Uh, USC improves. Penn State improves. Todd Grant uh, to Kentucky. Kentucky improves on our behalf. Oh, my God. Yeah, the next yes. step. This is this is what we need. Kentucky's had – I said this earlier, uh, and, I, and I've heard, Tofa, I've heard you say this a few times, actually, the whole coaching thing. But I, I said earlier that Kentucky's had way too much stability. Just way too much. And that's mm-hmm. what happens when you have a, a good coach. Like one that's willing to like good, but not the elite top of the top of the line name right there. They basically, honestly, they're doing what Mullen did over Mississippi State. Got to keep a really solid coach for years and years. And Mississippi State was an annoying team for almost everybody to play, except for Alabama. But they're Alabama, they don't count. Uh LSU, Auburn, um, A and M and all and then none of them wanted to play against Mississippi State. Mississippi State shouldn't be any good. They should be trash. Um, same as Kentucky. So, yeah, getting stooped out of there, that'd be nice. I'm for it. Yeah. I think we're going to... The bathroom? See, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think we're going to see Zlat take a whiz. No, you got me turning on the oven. Ah, boo. Oh, I like your nice vaulted ceilings there. Thank you. They're very tall. Show me your penis. All right, that that was the uh, the journey into the unknown. All right, uh, did we want to do culture corner? Yeah, um, I was just gonna say I I think we're tentative tentatively going to try to do like a shorter pod later in the week, doing picks with potentially a guest. Um, we'll get back to you on that. We're working on yeah, it. That's something we'll have to work out on the the time situation. Let me just say we have somebody to pick whose name rhymes with. Blyce Kungs. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll go with it this time. All right. Yeah, that was that one was pretty good. Yeah, Blyce. I like that. I've known a lot of Blyces. I went to elementary school with a Blyce. Did they also um, set something on fire? She had lice. Uh, yeah. had lice. <laughs> she set her hair on fire. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, Culture Corner. I don't have anything. I haven't done anything other than football since the last time we talked. Yeah, see, this is a downside of football season. Maybe Culture Corner is a waste during football season. It can't be, right? We have to be cultured. Do you, watched, do you, do you guys want to go with ranking the Asian countries? Sounds sound a little better right now. <laughs> no, no, no. I saw how that ended for Shane Gillis, and I don't want that in my life. I don't want to get fired from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> That's two weeks in a row we referenced Shane Gillis's racial issues. Um. No other podcast. I think we can say with absolute certainty, no other podcast has ever tre- has ever like found this little niche. 
that we have just stumbled upon. I So I think I mentioned it either last Culture Corner or the one before, but I have continued to watch Only Murders in the Building, and I am continuing, I, I'm continuing to recommend it. Okay. Uh, it turns out that Selena Gomez, Martin Short, and Steve Martin make an excellent trio, and I'm having a lot of fun with that show. And also Selena, Selena Gomez, side boob. Mentioned that. Yeah, no, I for sure mentioned that, because this is definitely the second week in a row that I mentioned that. Hell yes. Okay. Big bonus. Yeah, I guess I'm going to have to take, take a gander <laughs> at that. All right, um, talk into it. Anyways, <laughs> there's, this, this, there's this documentary I've been watching called Big Wave, or 100 Foot Wave. You know, so after after uh, watching that, I got I got very excited about the sport of surfing or just like seeing some of these crazy videos. So I started watching it on YouTube, and now that's all I get is YouTube recommendations about these just wild ass waves. You which, fucked up your well, algorithm. Honestly, I'm okay with it. It's better than like having like a I don't know. There's some weird ass algorithms on there, so it could be worse than having surfing waves. Can we make um, this the Culture Corner sponsored by 100 Foot Wave? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Excellent. Yeah, they they could they could use it. Aloha, uh, motherfuckers. Know, I, I I'm realizing now that uh, the show C on Apple TV Plus or whatever it is, I I came across as hating it before, and it's actually I like it. I do like the show. I just don't think it's like something to write. I don't think it's this massively elite show. I think they they sort of they put in a lot of money into it. They brought in some big name actors and they tried to build it up to be their. You know, like their Halo, like Halo was for Xbox. They kind of wanted that to be like one of the big shows. I wouldn't yeah. put C there, but I do like it. I look forward to it every week coming out, and I've been enjoying it recently too. It's it's fun. It's a fun take. So I do. If if it's like look it up, and and if it sounds interesting to you, you'll probably like it a lot. So I'll leave it at that. Um, I think the only thing I've watched or read other than like football stuff is I've continued to watch the wire and it's still really good. Um, uh, this year for, for my football cable subscription, um, I went with Hulu. Okay. Um, I've typically been a YouTube TV person in the past, uh, but it's kind of a pain in the butt now because they had like a situation with Roku. They had like a falling out and oh. both of my TVs are Roku TVs. Um, so I figured I'd give it a try and Hulu, their live TV is very good. Um, I do recommend it. It's, it's, um, the price is a little bit better. You get like most of the football channels and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty good. The, the UI is much better than, uh, the last time I tried something other than YouTube TV. Um, but unless you pay the extra for, consuming like actual hulu streaming content without commercials it is fucking unwatchable like Mm -hmm. the commercial content on the hulu stuff is just so like it's ludicrous it's like what you would see on cable Mm -hmm. it's ridiculous so i'm not really a big fan of hulu but this will this will get the job done for football yeah i uh i busted out two books that I haven't read admittedly in a little over a year, but just cause we were running so thin on culture corner and we definitely haven't been talking about it for about four minutes. Um, I pulled out two Brian Lee O'Malley graphic novels. Uh, one is lost at sea and one is seconds. Um, Brian Lee O'Malley more, uh, more known for, uh, the Scott Pilgrim series. Uh, mm-hmm. these are not necessarily groundbreaking like storytelling, 
Like they're, they're, I think they're both pretty simple stories, pretty straightforward. But I do think that the art is phenomenal. I, I love him as an artist. So if you're looking for a graphic novel, I picked up uh, Lost at Sea for 12 bucks and seconds. I got the hardcover for it doesn't list the price, which tells me it's probably 20 to $25, I'm guessing. So I think they're worthwhile reads. Oh, nice. $26 on the inside cover. Nice. Yeah. There you go. There's a recommendation. Go out into the world. That's interesting. You're, uh, are you a uh, like a physical book person in general? Absolutely. I'm gonna podcasting is a physical medium. I just took off my camera, and there is my bookshelf. Nice. Along with up there, up there, and then that missing shelf. Oh, actually has stuff on it. I'm so definitely a physical books kind of guy. That's the, the backup bookshelf that has the excess that couldn't fit in the massive main bookshelf in the main room. Got a bunch exactly. here. <laughs> nice. I, uh, my, my collection is somewhat unimpressive. I don't know if you see that. Eh. Well, there's a shelf over there somewhere. You know how um, to read. <laughs> yeah, they did. I'm the guy in Tennessee. They taught me how to read. I'm the one <laughs> You're the one. state. Um, <laughs> yeah, I also am a physical book medium person when I when I can. Um, I purged some and took some to Goodwill a mm. while back, so I would have more shelf space. And sadly, I don't really have time right now. Mm. I would like to have more time to read. And the podcast right there. <laughs> <laughs> I should. Is that is that it? Yeah, I think that's it. (laughs) Sounds good. Uh, Going into the demo game, reflecting on how passing of time really takes away from our endeavors. Uh, I wanted to shout out uh, Mimeo Toast. I think his username is and Taco Bell Mel. Mm -hmm. Um, Both of those people consistently. Uh, talk about the podcast and listening to the podcast and i assume that they encourage other people to listen to the podcast so if you have a gator fan in your life who listens to podcasts you know just word of mouth yeah we appreciate we it appreciate it mm-hmm. i wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> well two of us would appreciate it four out of five dentists recommend this podcast I'm still um, waiting for Zeus to try and bring on another mod because right now you get wait, you get that's my responsibility. Well, you should. I mean, I'm surprised you haven't brought it up. Someone can bring it. You can bring it up. You're a mod now, but it's just oh, shit. You're, you're the bottom of the of the totem pole just by happenstance of you showed up last. So you're the one that gets made fun of the most. Like all Fuck. the jokes, pretty much go to you automatically. And if you just brought on yeah. somebody new, they'd be the one to get the brunt of the jokes. They'd and be I'm new. Surprised bitch. you haven't done it yet because now you're getting them on the podcast. So you're getting the double dose. Oh God. Does, at least just so long as you double my mod salary. I think I've already tripled it and quadrupled it before. Yeah, we'll have a meeting of the board of directors. Yeah, we'll think about it. All right. We'll Thanks for listening. Go Gators. Go Gators. Review it. Review it. Review it. Go Gators. Here's the snap. Throwing the deep bomb down the far sideline. Caught ball at the 10-yard line to the 5-yard line. Are you serious? Jacksonville State with no time left. I just said keep everything in front of you. The Gamecocks have taken the lead and will win this ball game. 20-17.
and the Gamecocks. Oh, 